Good morning. How are things with you? Are you going along on a firm foundation of faith, resting on the cornerstone of your faith? In the past, the early church struggled with these things, as maybe some of us do today. That's one of the reasons why John wrote this letter and sent it out to lots of churches. At the time he was writing, there were many false teachers claiming to have had a word from God, and they were all sending the early church into confusion that was leading to conflict. John's letter sets out to reassure those young Christians about their faith and counter the false teachings that were being spread. Sadly, there is some of this going about today. Let's look at what John said back then to see if it might help us. To understand the reading from John's letter, it's worth backtracking to verse 11. It is here that his discussion begins. This is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. And then on to our reading at verse 16. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses help? It seems that what John is saying here is that believers should enact that same love that Jesus did, simply not for him, but for one another in their Christian community. Don't forget that the communities of believers then were small and not necessarily wealthy and they were under threat from wider society, the Romans. In other words, without the Christian community being truly a community, the young church would fail. We need to take care when interpreting this laying down our lives. John is anxious to stress that this is about one Christian helping another who is in need. He doesn't give us a definition as to what he means by need until you read verse 17. This verse, when considered carefully, identifies a Christian having any need, material or spiritual, and there being another member of the community who has the means of satisfying that need, deciding they can use those means to help, no matter the personal cost. Not to do so suggests that the love of God is not important to them. Further, you can only respond to a material need personally if you have the material wherewithal with which to do. However, if you don't have the means, you could perhaps bring that need to the attention of others in the community. This would also be sharing the love of God, making sure you do this wisely. I'm sure that we can all call to mind instances of when we were where we've seen a need and just reacted. Once while on holiday, Sue and I are sat out in the sunshine at our holiday cottage when I see the old couple who owned it start to erect fencing for a large chicken run. I just couldn't help myself. I got up and spent the rest of the afternoon helping them dig holes for posts, attach netting and moving hen houses. Later, we also helped rehouse the chickens when they arrived. I did it for no reward. I had a compassion towards them and the ability to help them. And by the way, I got loads out of it too, just enjoying their company.
John stresses that actions embody the truth about us and what we believe. Therefore, when our actions are motivated by love, God's love, Christ's love, that love will be visible. You can see that love and it's more than words. The three verses, 19 to 22, have caused translators very real problems. On one hand, they could be translated as God condemning humans if they do not act correctly and therefore condemn themselves. Or it is that God is greater than our hearts and minds and he continues to love even the most disobedient amongst God's children. The latter seems to be more consistent with John's wider teaching. As we come to the end of our passage, we are faced with a summary of the teaching about the requirements of our being honest, truthful, honourable, reliable, upright and therefore having the integrity of the faith we have in Christ and the life we live as Christians. John suggests that we do not need anything more for the long-term future of our happy, safe life and relationship with God. John can make this claim because he knows it and needed nothing more for fullness of his life himself. What John's saying is that all the other alternatives we might try for a happy life are for nothing. All that is needed is faith in God's Son. John ends these verses by reminding his hearers, readers, that actions by individuals is needed as part of our Christian life. He argues that actions are part of faith and both faith and action are gifts of the Spirit granted to us by God. What has this got to do with us today? You'll recall that I said that to understand these eight verses we need to backtrack to verse 11 and read from there. When you do that, take note of the warning John makes about the power of hate hatred of individual people and groups, races, nations. This power of hate leads to spiritual and even physical death. Our television screens and newspapers are full of reports which testify to this. We all need to try to show our love through actions. I know a number of people in our congregation that already do this in varying ways, providing meals, a bit of gardening, and doing odd jobs for others. Also as a church with St Barnabas and the Art Community Hub, lots of people are giving to the local food banks. This is all love in action. Christ did not just love those who followed him, but all people, and therefore laid down his life for all people, you and me included. What Jesus is demonstrating in this is that the action of loving enables us to know what love is. What is key is not literally the laying down of his life, but being prepared to lay down his life. This is true for us too. That is, are we willing to put aside our lives for another, to put others first? This will involve our material goods, our possessions, our time and maybe even our homes in some way. This is all helping us to focus on being a community of God's people in Christ. John has no problems over acquiring material goods. Without them, he asks, how can you help those who need help? 
and if your material goods are withheld, then so is your compassion. Love, then, is not a matter of words or speech. We might say, I'm so sorry about the Syrian refugees, famine in Ethiopia, those sleeping on the streets of Lufra. But surely love is action, results from how one sees the need for love and then acts upon it rather than just commentating. It's worth remembering that John was concerned with the communities he was addressing at the time. The demand of the time was to pursue God's care for God's own people, even amongst those people who are less than perfect in God's sight. If there is perhaps a feeling that we can do nothing about the situations in Syria or Ethiopia or those sleeping rough, there will surely be something we can do for the community to which we belong, i.e. let's start with the fellowship here, the Good Shepherd, and the community in which it is placed, and then the bigger things will follow. We are part of a tradition convinced of the main, crucial and primary relationship between God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. However, faith in Christ also implies faith in and indeed the love of God. To believe that Jesus is God's Son requires us not simply believing God, but in the love of God, because of God's action in sending Jesus to us. It could be suggested that this is also implying that works, the things we do for God, are an important part of of our obtaining salvation. That seems to contradict what Paul has said about justification by faith being the means to salvation alone. However, this letter of John's tells us that action, works, are a big part of faith. Both love in action and faith are gifts of the Spirit. They go together and are not separate. As James says in James chapter 2, verse 26, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deed is dead. Taking a glance at our Gospel reading, which is familiar to most of us, where Jesus is described as the good shepherd who knows his flock, we can note that as a shepherd he cares for the flock, keeping them safe, but notice that he not only cares for his own sheep, but... I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. Verse 16. In our 1 John reading, John is concerned with church community, the sheep in the same sheep pen as him. So we too should be concerned for the sheep in our pen, but also as Jesus shares those who are around us. Not yet in the sheep pen. This will surely mean putting our faith into action, being part of the community we live in. This takes me back to what I suspect is the key verse for us to hold on to. Verse 18. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. What is this verse saying to us as individuals and as a church, especially in this time of pandemic? It has been so difficult to be with people and still is, to find out whether they have any material needs recently, but this will begin to change over time. What might we do about it? Our food bank response, alongside all the other great things we are doing, is surely just the tip of the iceberg. Perhaps it is time 
for us to ask God what he wants even more than we have up to now. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your great love for us. Help us to show our love for you, not just in our words, but in our actions too, and to listen out for what you are asking us to do next. Amen.